Hey guys, welcome back to another Monday Musing. Um, I wanted to take today's musing to be about Dr. John Gottman. <clears throat> well, not just about Dr. Gottman, actually, because, you know, as the title says, um, I said, what is the relationship cure? Well, now Dr. John Gottman, he's written a lot of different books over the years, and he's done various studies. <clears throat> However, he did co-write a book in 2002 or that came out in 2002, called The Relationship Cure. And I, I just finished reading that. And that was co-author with Joan DeClaire. And basically, um, it's a five-step guide to strengthening your marriage, family, and friendships. Um, I think the key takeaway from it is this concept of bids. And let me get into that a little bit. Um, a little background on Dr. John Gottman. You can find him on YouTube. He's got a TED Talk, and he's got a various great talks and videos. You can learn a lot about what he has to say. Um, I think probably his largest, most popular book came out in 1999 that my wife Anna and I, we read it, called The Seven Principles uh, to Making Marriage Work, I believe it was called. Let me see. The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Yeah, I got it right. Yeah, 1999. Um, and a lot of his principles <clears throat> were based on um, this kind of big study that he did back in the day where they built like this apartment in, I think it was in Chicago, it could be wrong, but it's overlooking a riverfront or a waterfront. And it's just a nice, simple apartment. It's it's uh, geared up with cameras, four cameras inside. And they had various couples <clears throat> spend, I think, four weeks at a time living in this apartment. And they're also monitoring like their heart rate and like stress levels through various equipment. And they're instructed to just be a couple and go about their day in life. Um, now, I do think with any of these kind of studies, uh, it's really hard. Like, you know you're being observed. So just by the fact that you're being observed, it may affect the results and you may act differently. But the idea was if you do it over four weeks, maybe they will get comfortable with it and kind of go into their normal ways. And a lot of things that he was observing was that one... It was pretty mundane, like people were just kind of, you know, being themselves more or less. And he found that it was kind a lot of the communication was quite simple. And then um, what he was able to do is based on studying these tapes and all the information from the studies, he was able to very accurately, um, I can't recall, it's been a minute since I've read the Seven Principles book, because that's where he talks about it, but He's very, uh, uh, like up to 87% of the time able to predict if he could study a couple or within a few minutes of uh, having some therapy session or interview with a couple, determine whether or not their marriage would work in the long term or end with divorce. And kind of, there's a lot of different concepts, but it really all boils down to communication with your partner and having more positive communication than negative communication, right? Because the idea is over time you build up these kind of positive moments and connection and bonding with your partner. And as these accumulate over time, these far outweigh the negatives. And as long as he kind of puts it as like a ratio of like you should have two positives minimally to every one positive. So basically kind of like a a two-thirds thing or two-thirds of the time, then you're going to be on a more positive trajectory 
an accumulation and kind of if you kind of think about it, even like <clears throat> in terms of math and money of like compound interest these positive communication moments with your partner or even with your friends right this can be applied across any of your relationships it can have a compounding effect and grow and grow and build and build and build so this 2002 book the relationship cure it kind of ties in a little bit deeper with this concept called bids which i thought was really interesting because again this can be applied to your marriage to co-workers to friends family and the idea of bids is that oftentimes when we communicate to someone, I and he's right, very rarely do we actually communicate very plainly and bluntly and kind of like simplistically. So like if I want if I want to get water because I'm thirsty, okay, if I really just want it for myself and there's no other thinking there, I'm probably just gonna get up and go get some water from the kitchen. But oftentimes when we engage with a partner or a friend and we make a request or we say something to them, we're not just wanting them to be our servant to go get us water. We're providing an opportunity for connection. Now, maybe this example, like, okay, if someone else is in the kitchen and just like, hey, could you grab me a water too? And they're like, sure. <clears throat> I feel like, yes, you're getting the water, but if that person has already gone up to go get themselves a drink and maybe someone else that's hanging out in a friend environment a drink, you're providing them an opportunity to get you a drink as well, and that makes them feel good to be providing you a drink, and you gave them that opportunity to make you feel good. So it's almost by saying, oh, hey, man, can you get me a beer too? You know, Or maybe they'll, as they're going, go, hey, Nick, you want a beer too? And you're like, yes, I'd love one. Right there, it's this positive communication of wanting to provide these little bids, these little positive moments of communication to establish a connection with someone. Um, anyways, in this book, The Relationship Cure, kind of goes over various scenarios where with a bid, <clears throat> you can have all sorts of bids. You can have a bid towards your partner that's you know you're mad at them and angry and you're emotional and you say something very mean it's a it's a bad this is not a good bid right but uh, uh the bid is tr attempting to be hurtful and i guess what you could say is when you start communication with someone you just got home from work and you're gonna go see your partner this is that first interaction you're going to start a bid of communication now sometimes this communication can also be nonverbal right so something that maybe wouldn't be good is you get home and you're just quiet and you like go to the couch and sit down and turn the TV on and like don't even acknowledge that you're home or that you that you're happy to see your partner right this is a bid showing that you have no interest in establishing any connection with that person and you've just made it very clear by your lack of communication and lack of positive communication right and even though maybe for you in your head you're just like i'm just really tired and you just really want to just relax and watch tv and you go do that the side effect the byproduct is that partner is going to pick up on that occurrence and feel like they're not appreciated or valued so in order to 
produce a compounding environment for a relationship to have success, you do need to put in the energy and effort to accumulate these positive moments, and that usually requires you initiating with a positive bid. Now, on the flip side, because if a partner is uh, had a bad day at work and is emotional and angry and upset about their day and they're stressed, they might come home and it's, you know, I would say it's not ideal that they do this, but they could come home and they could be like, oh, work was terrible, I'm so exhausted and I just oh, stressed out, I just need to relax, right? And this could come off to the partner at home as like, oh, they're exasperated and angry and wow, they're not, they they don't even feel good about seeing me and I don't feel appreciated and loved. And that, and that partner could interpret that way and then storm off to the bedroom and slam the door. And that's not good because he started out with maybe a not so good bid and it was, um, well, the other partner turned away from that bid because really what a lot of times with these communications unfortunately we're we as humans i think not the best at it and oftentimes you got to read underneath the line of that bid which is what's actually going on there when that person comes home and goes oh i just want to relax and watch tv you know so stressed could be what's going on but it's kind of said there is that he's had a bad day at work and he needs to relax. He would seek relaxing. And so anything that can help him feel more relaxed. And ideally, there could be even something subconscious there. He just wants to be comforted by his partner. Right? So even if he's coming home in an exasperated manner in that sense, the opposing partner could take it as they don't feel appreciated or loved. Or they could go towards their bid and kind of, embrace it and walk over and sit down on the next to the couch and give him a hug and I said, I'm so sorry that it was a rough day I'm so happy that you're home I'm so glad we get to lay down and relax here together and we can watch some TV that sounds wonderful I'd love to help you forget whatever happened at work and just to let you know feel free if you want to talk about it to me I'm here to listen too but I also love the idea of just getting laid down here on the couch and relax with you and watch TV, you know? And and that was a person that saw the bid that they proposed their communication and they embraced it and ran right towards it and bundled it all up with some positivity, right? And appreciation and comforting. Now, this is not necessarily excusing the first partner from coming home and acting maybe in a not the best way, but I think oftentimes, you know, in a, in a perfect world, me and my wife, Anna, we listen and read all these books and we all understand on the same page, but that's just not the case. You know, a lot of times, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and getting some of this advice, it's very likely that your partner is not okay. And you can't expect them to understand these concepts unless they've read this book or listened to this podcast. So now, you can always recommend for them to read it like, hey, I read this or got listened to this and I got a lot out of this, but you don't, you know, um, you can't like psychoanalyze them and make them wrong. Be like, oh, you're, you, you made a, a bad bid and that's causing this or you're stopped, you know. So and let me actually just clarify here. Uh, Gottman 
clarifies that there's three ways to respond to a bid. You can go towards it, meaning embracing it and helping it go along. You could turn against it, right, which is like fight it and argue it. Or you could just turn away from it, which is like meaning kind of like changing the topic or leaving or going away from it, right? So my example of the guy coming home and saying, oh, I just want to watch TV. <clears throat> option, the, 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 the positive option is embracing it and going over to that partner sitting down and saying, I'm so sorry you had a tough way to work. I'm really glad that you're home. I'm happy to sit here and lay with you and relax and watch some TV. That sounds wonderful, right? There's a scenario too where she feels hurt by it and not appreciated or loved and just walks away or just maybe just changed the topic and says, you know, like, uh, I'm cooking dinner. What would you like or something? And it kind of like, it's just, it's changing. It's shifting on. Or she could turn against it, which is probably like the most negative thing that could happen, which was like kind of lash out and go, Oh, you're so unbelievable. You know, I've been working all this day and you just, all you could think about is how stressed you are. Well, I'm stressed too. And you could show some fucking appreciation when you come home and the couch is all clean for you. Like, and it's, um, that's not, uh, if too many of those kind of, uh, encounters happen, that's a recipe for a relationship to crumble and fall apart. Right. So he, and interestingly, he comments some statistics that, I think it's based off of uh, some of the studies or maybe the therapy sessions he's had with multitudes of patients is that <clears throat> amongst men, uh, 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 heterosexual couples, uh, the ones that are destined for divorce or that end up divorcing, 87% of the time, um, men, uh, the men in the relationship would respond turn against bids, right? Have the negative version of the bids. So 80, if you have 87%, which is pretty high, negative bids, it's going to end with divorce. Then on the flip side, uh, for the ones that worked out well and those marriages lasted their lifetimes, it was, I believe, 19% of the time there was negative bids or turning against or turning away, right? So meaning they weren't perfect, about 20% of the time, there was maybe an argument or some negative communication, but it meant that 80% of the time they were getting it right and being positive and being warm and continuing the conversation and going towards each other's bids, right? Um, so, and, and, and Gottman brings up a great analogy for this, which is he, he brings up a tennis match, right? And what's so critical is the first two volleys, okay? So he says, every conversation or encounter with a coworker, a friend, a family member, your partner, is the first volley. The first volley, you, you, you serve the ball. That's your first serve. That's the first bid. If that bid is then perfectly you know, executed and, and served and returned back, then, and that means, meaning the, uh, a receive, the person receiving that bid positively embraces and goes towards that and provides a good response back, then the match is more likely to continue and be a smooth volley back and forth, back and forth tennis match until, you know, someone scores a point or whatever. Um, on the flip side, if that first serve goes and the 
there's no, let's say, no bid response when the person just gets to that point and it's end of the volley. There's no volley to begin with. Or if the person returning the bid uh, totally hits it wrong and it goes off and crashes, again, the volley's over. So it's like getting those first two, right? It's, and I've experienced this playing tennis. It's like, if you or ping pong, you know, if you get the serve and they return, then you can almost get this cool back and forth going on, you know? But if you don't get that first serve and return smooth, then oftentimes you just serve, you get the point. Or you serve and they send back and they get the point, right? But it's in, but then it's over. And it's it's hard to get that kind of first back and forth. But once you, if you have a good positive back and forth, then it's easy. It just kind of goes from there well, right? Or if it's negative, the positive, there's no chance for that positivity to come back, right? It's pretty hard to come back from if someone comes home, they have a negative bid, and then you respond with a negative bid, I would probably make an argument that 99.9% .9 of the time that dialogue or conversation going back and forth will end negatively. So it's so critical from the first part of communication to try your best to turn it positive, right? And if you're unable to do that, then I guess, unfortunately, that's, it's okay. 20% of the time it can happen and it's okay, right? So more of the story here, we don't have to be perfect. We want to try our best. Um, and think about using positive bids, right? And being gentler with our communication and being more understanding with our communication and also encouraging and being interested in uh, furthering the conversation and also trying to understand the underlying meanings with our bids sometimes. And an example that's given in the book is um, a partner sitting on the couch and comments, oh, it's kind of chilly in here, isn't it? And the other partner can be like, yeah, it's cold, right? Or can be like, it's not that cold. I, I actually think it's hot, right? And that's kind of turning against. Or turning away and just kind of like, just ignoring the partner saying that it's chilly in here. When really, she might just be subtly saying, I I want a blanket or like cuddle, right? And that and that and and have a little connection there. It's a, if the proposal bid of wanting to connect and cuddle. But she might feel insecure, you know, or, or it's, a, it's a little bit, I guess it's less uh, romantic or cute. Just be like, hey, John, come cuddle, cuddle me. Like, because now if she gets shut down, that that hurts, right? But if she says, oh, it's chilly in here, now John has an option to either positively respond to the bit and go, ooh, I can go warm you up and cuddle with you, you know, and have a connecting moment. Or he could take it literally, because maybe he doesn't feel like cuddling, and he can take it literally and be like, oh, here, let me go turn the thermostat down. You know, or, or I mean, turn the thermostat up a little bit, right? Um, and that one doesn't really promote any connection. It just kind of like logically, analytically addresses it. Oh, it's chilly? Here, let me turn the thermostat up. Um, and maybe it can be done in a warm way, but the cuddling is obviously maybe what she is driving at, is that she wants to cuddle. But at least it doesn't set her up for complete rejection, which could be a lot more hurtful, right? Um, a common thing that I think of between Anne and I is she loves foot massages. And very often, <laughs> it's tired, we're late at night watching TV, I just had finished dinner, I'm pretty full, and she'll just put her leg on me and go, foot massage? <laughs> and it's funny because I, I, a lot of times, will reject it when she puts it that way. Um... And I'm not sure why that is because I do enjoy giving her foot massages. Maybe it's just because I'm full and I'm tired and I'm watching TV and I just, 
I the position that I'm just not in a mental space. I'm watching whatever show we're watching. I'm not to, that I want to give a foot massage. So usually what I tell her is like, if you ask, I'm not going to want to. But a lot of times I impromptu like to give the foot massage. But then the thing is, if she doesn't ask for a long time, I'm sure I forget. So usually what happens is, is like there'll be a night where she'll be annoying and ask, foot massage, foot massage. And I'm like, no, no, go away. No, no, no. And then if she stops and a few, you know, 20, 30 minutes go by, maybe I will go or the next night I'll unprompted go over and just start giving her a foot massage, you know. Um, and to me, that's fun because I know that she likes and wants a foot massage. But to me, it's like a surprise and I get to just start giving it to her and surprise her, you know. So that's really fun for me to be able to give that. I guess it feels less fun when she's just like, give me a foot massage and puts her foot out. Um, but But maybe I should just like be more warm and understanding of like it's her saying she also wants a connection you know she's like putting her foot out she doesn't say like give me a foot massage she puts her foot out and goes foot massage in kind of like a cute little high-pitched little way you know and i could be like what's your foot massage yeah i'll give you a foot massage and i'll give her a foot massage and it could be that's that's her bid and unfortunately i oftentimes turn away or go against her bid and that's a that's a failing on my part so something i definitely got out of this is Try to more positive, return more positive bids, you know. And I, I think this is a frequent thing, especially like during the day sometimes. We as partners or with us, you know, we'll be working and I'll take a break from my work and I want to like go have a connection with her. And I'll go over to her and like, oh, let's hug or kiss. And she might give me a little like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to finish this. I'm trying to focus or finish this thing and be like a little annoyed. And the same thing will happen on the flip side. I'll be busy doing something and she'll come over wanting a kiss or a connection. I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm trying to finish this thing. And I think if I was just more receptive to like an open to like, you know, it's okay to take a break. Even if I'm focused on something, it's okay to just unprompted take a break and give some affection back because that person happens to be reaching out for it. And when you shut them down, that creates a negative bid response and add that to your negative pile that ends up to divorce or just reframe your mind and open up a little bit. And yeah, who cares if you take a two second break to hug or kiss your partner? Like it's not going to be a big deal. So stop being so annoyed or irritated or whatever and think more like this is an opportunity to add something to the positive side that leads to a really a successful marriage. So anyways, that's my thoughts. I think really here with the relationship cure, you want to limit it down to 20%. And in the seven principle marriages, he talks about like a, a, a love sandwich or like a, a positive, negative, positive sandwich where, because it's understandable that sometimes we might uh, have something negative we feel about our partner that we'd like them to look at or fix, right? And that's fine, but you don't want to throw out too many of those or else it becomes nagging and it's like a, it, it, it deteriorates the relationship. But if it's something like just like, oh, you want you, you need your partner to take out the trash. And, and let's suppose this is a scenario where oh, it's really heavy. So, you know, the husband's got to do it. It's just too heavy for uh, the wife to pick it up. So she really wants her husband to pick it up. And she's told him a couple times and he's not doing it. She really wants him to do it. And she could just say, damn it, John, I told you to take out the trash. And then that's, Ugh, you know, and he'll be fine. Fuck you. I'll do it, you know. But it could be maybe a better approach to make it a sandwich, a positive sandwich. So you say something like, John, you're looking really great today. Love your outfit. Hey, do you think you could take out that trash? It's getting really full and it's just too heavy for me to take down. Also, 
my, your biceps are looking so juicy, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is we want to say as a positive compliment. And when you end it with that positive compliment, it's pretty hard for them to be a dick, you know, and they're going to be happy to fulfill whatever request you have and they're going to feel good about it because they're going to feel like they're giving you something positive in return, you know. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed this little Monday musing. You should definitely check out Dr. John Gottman. He's got a lot of great stuff on YouTube if you don't want to have to like buy the books or audiobooks. But if you get more into him, he's got a great TED Talk uh, on YouTube, about 27 minutes. And uh, otherwise... Check out some of his books that he's written himself or co-authored with others, um, The Relationship Cure. It's a solid one. Seven, principle, uh, seven Principles of Making a Marriage Work, also a really solid one. So with that, have a good one, folks. Bye-bye.